All right. Welcome back to the Bullshit Filter, Ray, episode uh, Bullshit Filter, the news 86. How are you doing, Tonto? On the bull- do, doing okay. How, how about you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. good. So um, in the last couple of months, we've talked mostly about what's going on in your country, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, clusterfuck states of the world. Um, Still is. And, and I thought this week we'd we'd jump across the Pacific Ocean uh, and over a little bit further and talk right. about Jaina, Jaina. Uh, right because here, you don't have to yell. Right, right. Yeah. I was interested to see uh, when Biden mm-hmm. took office. Uh, you know, a couple of things with the with the U.S. policy. How 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 would it change the U.S. rhetoric? Right. policies on dealing with China how would that change uh would it become less overblown and over dramatic uh yeah. and and also your your position on Israel and um nothing's really changed so um right. one of the things well let me let me get we, we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a bit of a different approach today we're going to talk about something different yes. uh, but before we get into that, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In an iTunes review for our Cold War show uh, the other day, right. a, a nice American lady referred to us as misogynists and uh, anti-Semites and said that our hatred of women was terrifying. The only thing terrifying is our penai. No, um, we have said over and over again that we accept, readily accept that women are more mature than men. They have the correct priorities in life, whereas men are all about testosterone, glory, and honor, which leads to warfare. We have said repeatedly that women should be running the world because they would do a much better job. I don't know where she's getting this from. We love women. We tell all of our male listeners and our lesbian listeners to eat pussy every day. Um, You know, we... what else can <laughs> what else can we do? Right, right. <laughs> I have no idea. Like the anti-Semite thing, I I, I can at least right. understand that because I in particular criticize uh, Israel a lot, and we did a series on right. Israel. And you know, and I can understand how people confuse yeah. uh criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism, of course. I'm not an anti-Semite, and that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's like you criticize America, they say you're anti-American. Uh, yes. You criticize Israel, they say you're an anti-Semite. You're not allowed to criticize anyone. You yeah. criticize your own country, you're a self-hating Australian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but can't the misogyny win. thing, I, can't, I, I don't get. <laughs> right. Unless we right. made some joke about women, we were being facetious. Right. She listened to two minutes of the show and decided and we went, were oh, being serious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, this episode, I'm sure, is going to uh, create a lot more criticism, but that's right. part of the game, right? That's 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 as people said. People said on Facebook to me, "Oh, don't take it, don't take it, don't worry about it. It's okay." When I posted right. this other review, and I'm like, "Oh, she called us absolute pigs," was the title of her review right. on iTunes, and I was like, "Please, do you think I give a shit?" <laughs> Some it's the name of our next album, Absolute idiots. Pigs. Yeah, Absolute You're Pigs. Right. My next band. Well, I think. And- Right. Unless you're, unless you're pissing someone off, you're really not doing it right. I think there's a motto in there somewhere. But anyway, so we're going to keep being us. Well, I'm going to keep being me and you're going to keep, right. you know, trying to I dodge will... the bullets that are shot at me. 
You're going to, hey, I'm the nice one. <laughs> Shoot him. He's over there behind the bushes. Right here, give me the gun. I'll, anyway. Paka, right. Paka? Paka. Um, somebody, Paca, ever, you ever been called a Paka? Mother Paka? Oh, silly Paka. I've, I've been called so many things by you, uh, but never a Paka. Paka, P U K R, is an right. acronym okay. for Palestinians, Uyghurs, Kashmiris, and Rohingyas. Okay. What do they have in common, those four peoples, Ray? Give it to me again. Give me the pocket list. Palestinians, Uyghurs, Kashmiris, and Rohingyas. Do they all have someone's boot on their neck? <laughs> they do. Yeah. Okay, it's the best I could do. All neck right. boots. Yeah. Neck <laughs> yeah. Big hit. Instead of necklace, neck boot. Gotcha. Neck boots, neck yeah. beards, and neck, neck boots. <laughs> Um, apart from that, what else do they have in right. common? Um, they're politically oppressed. They're poor. I'm not sure. What What am I missing? Uh, they're predominantly Muslims. There you go. But why don't other Muslims defend them? Mm, well, we'll get, we'll into, get that. into that. Yeah. yeah. They're predominantly Muslims. Um, the Paka people make up about 30 million people around the world, um, and they're being oppressed by Jews, atheists, Hindus, and Buddhists. Right. Um, each suppressive state, Israel, China, India, and Myanmar, mm -hmm. a.k.a. used to be known as Burma for the people that mm -hmm. haven't been around yeah. since the 60s. Uh, they leadership. Anyway, yes, we'll thing. get into that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they ignore international law, uh, um, lash out against human rights institutions um, that criticize what they're doing. Mm. But it seems to me that in the West, particularly in the last couple of years, we predominantly hear about the treatment of the Uyghurs by China. Right. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. And that's what I want to talk about today, the, the treatment of the Uyghur minority in uh, China. Mm -hmm. So uh, why do you think we would hear mostly about the Uyghurs and, and not the other people? Um, well, I'm going to put it down to the fact that Americans are nothing more than freedom-loving people who can't stand to see others suppressed for whatever reason, or it's just a stick to beat China with. But I think it's the first one because again, freedom loving peoples. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are, the, what are the other three, outside of China, what are the other three countries, Israel, India, and Myanmar have in common? Uh, are they, oh, I don't know. I was gonna go with a uh, Republic, but no. Not white, but no. Uh, are they our allies? Do they have resources? Why would we care? Why would we get worked up about it? Israel, capitalist. India, right. capitalist. Myanmar, right. capitalist, kind of. Right. Have becoming more. Have been becoming more and more capitalist in in the last sort of ten, fifteen years. 
um, opening yeah. up to foreign investment and all that kind of stuff hasn't been a completely smooth ride because every 37 minutes they have another military coup. Um, yeah. China, communist. Yeah. Or right. capitalist, depending on which article you want to read, uh, as we've talked yes. about on this show many times. If we want to criticise them, we say they're run by the communists. If we want to talk about why their economy is doing so well, we say, well, we're not really communists, they're capitalists. Um, and you just, right. you know, you, it's, it's, it's great. It's like being in Vegas, you know, you can pick, pick. pick what you want. Yeah. 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 Pick, you know, you want to be gay. You want to be straight. It's okay. You can just be whatever you want in that, in that and moment. We were right. There's yes. another thing those non China countries have in common. They were all right. occupied by the British until after world war two. Oh, is there any chance that some of that rubbed off while the mm. British were there? Huh, there's mm. an idea. You know, you pick mm. up mm. cultural norms or cultural attitudes towards those who are not you because your oppressors have been there for so long. And, you know, the West's uh, ties with them are deep. You know, we right. know that when Britain backed out of all of these countries after World War II, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't just usually just walk out and go, tip of the hat, gov. Lovely visiting. Thanks very much for all the shit that we took, uh, and did a little did a little Dick Van Dyke dance. Cheerio. Oh, he's American, but Cheerio. still. Cheerio, right. governor. Right. Yeah. yeah, Tip tippery, tip tippery, tip tip to you. But, but like an American, he did a horrible British accent, and that's why we love him. <laughs> like. Uh, no, like Andy Rooney doing a Japanese accent in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, very good for you. Uh, well, now people are going to say we're racist because we do Chinese yeah. and British accents. Uh, Japanese. Badly. Um, right. You know, we know that when the British left, they tried to make sure that we, we talked about this in our Israel uh, creation of Israel series on Cold War. They tried to make sure that the people that took power after they left would be friendly to British interests. Yes. Yes. Look, we've got to go because yeah. hate hate to, to steal, rape, and plunder and leave, but it's our time. Yeah. Well, we've run out of money. We can't afford to be. We've we've right. taken most of the good stuff that we're right. going to get. There's yeah. sort of diminishing returns now. Uh, we if, have to if leave. The new owners, right? If the new owners could be a lot like us and it could deal with us because we get yeah. that kind of thinking, we yeah. really appreciate it. And we're not quite finished taking stuff out of right. our country. So we'd like, yeah. you know, we don't yeah. want to have to have an army here to Back get access door. to your exactly. natural resources, but uh, right. we'd like to still Cheap be labor. able to, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah and we'd, yeah. we'd like yeah. to still get a good deal, right? Right. Um, so they put people that that, that they, they were hope were going to be friendly to them. It didn't mm -hmm. always work out, but that's what they tried to right. engineer, as you would. And the other thing that these all these other three countries have is they're all kind of democracies, right? Fledgling in some cases, right. with some problems. Right. Myanmar, right. obviously, and, and as you indicated before, only a couple of days ago, there was another military yeah. coup in Myanmar. Um, Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, President Win Mient, and the rest of the NLD, the National League for Democracy, were imprisoned during a coup mm -hmm. a couple of days ago. The army was uh, <laughs> rolling in while a nice lady was doing her yoga for the day yeah. on video, and that went viral. Look behind <laughs> me. Got, she's got an Look army at the tanks. Look at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oops, I got myself back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that. 
But we hear a lot of stuff about China's treatment of the Uyghur people, and it's not without reason. There's some yeah. bad-looking stuff going on over there. It's a, it's a bad situation. Yeah. But there are some very strange aspects of the story. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the more you dig into it, the more this my bullshit filter goes off. There's a lot of question marks right. that right. go up. Um, and we're going to try and touch on some of those. This isn't going to be a 20-part series. It's going to be a one, two episodes at this stage, maybe. Um, but I want to just touch on some of the things for people to think about. Now, I know people are immediately going to be saying, oh, Cameron's soft on China because he's a commie and he's going to forgive all of China's human rights abuses. I know that's where some people's heads will go. Um, but, you know, I think... Uh, I've demonstrated that I try to be as neutral as possible. I mean, I try and be as fact-based as possible. I don't have any reason or motivation to protect China, not paid by the Chinese government yet. I wish. Although if they would like to pay, yeah, I mean, come on. (laughs) It wouldn't take much. No pride here. Very low ceiling. Wouldn't take much. Anyway, please continue. Yeah. and I uh, am no longer a member of the Communist Party of China. Um, but uh, at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I don't buy into outrageous Western propaganda against countries right. that are America's uh, economic rivals. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, and a lot of the media and government statements coming out of the West about China not just the Uyghur situation, but everything else, their treatment of Taiwan, their treatment of Hong Kong, et cetera, et cetera, the South China Sea, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it just reeks of Cold War propaganda. You know, they're portrayed as pure evil, evil people doing evil things because... 24-7. They're communists, just evil. They wake up every... Eating Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Xi Jinping w- wakes up every morning going, what evil things can I do today? <laughs> Twirling his mustache, his waxed him and, mustache. Him and Putin, him, him and Vladimir yeah. Putin have an evil yeah. conference call, evil High Zoom fives. call. Yeah. Right. <laughs> With, uh, you know, the president of Venezuela and uh, in right. North Korea, and they get him, I have like an, you know, Dr. Evil is uh, sitting in the corner evil. and he's there. Yeah. Evil orgy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Evil yeah. ink. <laughs> getting back to America's whole axis of evil right, idea, right. you know, everyone yeah. I, who doesn't yeah. agree with us is evil. Evil. There's no, no gray, all black and white. You're either with us or against us and you're evil. And we, therefore we are justified in whatever we do to put you down. But it goes back to what you've been saying for years. When you, when you listen to a news story or read a news story, who's saying it, what's their motive and who benefits if you come on board with what they're thinking. So it's all, it's all propaganda, even though we're not supposed to use that word for Western media. But again, you always have to remember someone's trying to spin you a story for a certain reason and you have to keep that in mind. And I fundamentally don't believe in evil. I believe that there are psychopaths, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, but, people. Yeah. I, yeah, but I believe that uh, even psychopaths, try to make rational decisions on what they think is they're in their best interests. And I think it's right. more helpful and more instructive when looking at what's going on around the world to think about it in terms of rational actors making yeah. rational decisions 
to promote what they think are their best interests. And yeah. so we should try and understand that and, and figure out, you can still criticize them at the end, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's important to look at the real yeah. motivations for their actions, not just to paint them as evil because that right. y- y- you benefit nothing from that. Yeah. I do have to say just real quick years ago, we, we said something pretty much just like what you said. And I got a nasty email about, you don't think there's evil in the world. And, and again, just to reiterate what you're saying is it's best. You probably get a more accurate picture to, to try to sit in someone's chair or in someone's shoes and try to think about, how they think and what they would do. Yes, they're doing something that's completely self-serving. That's what psychopaths do, but you stand a better chance of fully appreciating the situation if you try to be them for five minutes versus just saying, you know what, they're evil and you can't understand them. That's that's not gonna get you anywhere. You know, you have to apply a little logic to it. And for a lot of people it goes right out the window and they just wanna call people evil and they're done. And that doesn't like- in a lot of our Cold War yeah. shows, you know, talking about Stalin, you know, yeah. uh, Stalin. Evil. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. Done. Next. Stalin did a lot of horrible things. But yeah. when you break it, when you look at his rationale for it, it's very hard to argue with his rationale in a lot of cases. Um, he something. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had a lot of big problems and he, yeah. he, he created big solutions. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, anyway, China, of course, uh, the West's problem with China is predominantly that, A, they're communists, therefore they must be destroyed at all costs because communism, socialism, cannot be allowed to succeed because if it yes. does, oh, look at people, in, people in the West will want it and yeah. that's not good if you're a yeah. capitalist. Um, we can't secondly, $15 an hour. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, right. So Secondly, for a and yeah. capitalism is working so well for uh, people in America and the UK. Look at, I mean, their response to COVID, second to none. Gangbusters. Yeah. Like capital, the wealthiest countries on the planet just fucking nailed it. Yeah, per capita. Nailed it. Nailed it. Anyway. Second, second thing is not only the Chinese socialists, really, Communist Party, right. but socialists, as we've talked about many, many times. Um, they're also, you know, now the world's leading or, or nearly leading economy, and that's a major right. threat to American economic that. hegemony. So, one hand, we have to hate them because they're communists and they can't do anything right. Second, they're doing right. a lot of things right, and fuck, how do we how do we deal yeah. with that? Can't have that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, that's like me hating Tom Brady. I hate him because he's evil and because he's won like twenty five Super Bowls, but mostly because he's evil. I mean, you're right. We can't have China succeed. Was he a member of the Brady bunch? Work. I don't know. Who the fuck uh, yeah, you're talking about. The, the grandfather. But the point is, you're right. right. If so, if someone is against you and they're doing really really well, you cannot give them credit, no matter what the reality is. Exactly. Now, speaking of American hegemony, um, remember the other day on the Cold War show, we were talking about Irving Kristol, the uh, father of the neoconservative movement, um, mm-hmm. one of the supporters of uh, covert yes. operations for the CIA early on. And mm-hmm. I mentioned that he was the father of William Crystal, Bill Crystal, um, America's leading neocon voice today, <laughs> funnily yeah. enough. I heard uh, Matt Taibbi talking about him the other day. Bill Crystal um, is now running an organization called um, the oh. Republican Accountability Project or something yeah. like that. He's trying to hold their feet to the fire. Absolutely. He's yeah. raising money from Democrats 
to get him to keep the Republicans honest or not insane. But as, as Matt Taibbi and Caddy Halpert were pointing right. out, 10 right. years ago, Bill Crystal was evil in the, in the eyes. He's the architect of the Iraq war. He was considered the ultimate right. evil by Democrats. Um, yeah. the, you know, the worst neocon. But now he's the saviour of the savior. Republicans. The Democrats are giving yeah. him money. It's crazy. It's hilarious. Yes. Anyway, I, 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 was, I learned from listening to uh, Matt Taibbi talk about this. Towards the end of the Cold War, late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s, Bill Kristol uh, came up with this idea of America's benevolent global hegemony is the, uh-huh. is the way that they positioned it. I know. You get a warm lovely, right? spot. Right here. Anyway, go ahead. And I'd, I'd never heard of this particularly before. I dug into it. In 1992, um, Paul Wolfowitz, who was the Undersecretary for Defense at the time, drafted a new policy for the Pentagon that basically said that America should prevent any nation from challenging America's global hegemony because it was good for the world. And I know a lot of Americans, yes. even Democrats, think this. I get people who say this to me oh, all yeah. the time on Facebook. We're the good guys. <laughs> Who else would you rather be running the world right. if not America? And I go, well, how about fucking nobody running the world? Like, how about the United Nations? It's not an option. Together, I don't yeah, I know. I think that's an option. <laughs> it's this weird binary thing. Well, who else should be yeah. global hegemonists? Yeah. I'm like, nobody. What the fuck are you saying? Like, <laughs> America do your thing. Auto- yeah. Americans seem to automatically jump to that. Well, somebody right. needs to dom- dominate the world. It should be right. us. Like, you really? want us. You want me you in need charge over me. you. It's right. You yeah, want yeah. me you on the wall. Lo- you would you be lucky need to me have on the me. wall. <laughs> you would be lucky to have me to have a gun to your head. You'd be lucky. Count Who's going to do it? You? <laughs> you? Or the communist. Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You're like, You're welcome. In 1995, uh, Bill Kristol launched the Weekly Standard that was mm-hmm. promoting this Republican wet dream of American New World Order. Uh, like most good things in America, it was uh, founded by um, Rupert Murdoch's money, my countryman. You know, I still, yeah. right. you know, there, there's this old story that when he was at Oxford, um, Rupert had a statue of Lenin in his dorm room. And, you know, it's it's my kind of wet fantasy. It has been for a long time. That on his deathbed, Rupert's right. going to leave a note and it's going to say, fucking got you, America. It was my lifelong project <laughs> to infiltrate. He's actually been working for the communists. For, right. He's been working for the Russians for 70 years. Yeah. His mission Ooh. was to bring down America by building a media empire and just right. creating so much division that America tore itself apart. I like, mission seriously... He yeah. he he's gonna yeah. get flown to Russia. He's gonna have a fucking state funeral. He Glorious. is the champion. The champion. Yeah. I know the lefties tend to hate yeah. Rupert. I think of him. He's he's the champion of the left because he's he he figured out how to exploit America's weakness and he got right. in there and he's torn it apart. It's genius. He's anyway, doing great. That's yeah. I'm gonna write that movie. Uh, if it doesn't happen go. in real life, I'm gonna write that movie. Nice. Um, so Bill Crystal founded the Weekly Standard magazine with Rupert's money. And then uh, a year later, 96, he and Robert Kagan issued a manifesto called Towards a Neo-Reaganite Foreign Policy that was pushing a policy of global domination for America. Mm -hmm. A year after that, Crystal launched the think tank, the Project for the New American Century, for the New American Century, PNAC, that 
sort of amplified Wolfowitz's plan, called for the overthrow of Saddam Hussein, spelled out the the details of a global imperial strategy for the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, two of the signatories of the PNAC report were Cheney and Rumsfeld. A couple of years after it came out, George W. Bush became president, Cheney and Rumsfeld were his Secretary of Defense and Secretary of State. And uh, 10 months after he was elected, 9-11 happened and all of the PNAC dreams came true for a justification <laughs> right. to rule the world. Um, it, it not, not, of course, global domination had been the US plan since the end of World War II. This wasn't a new thing. It was just a more aggressive approach to mm. it, take the gloves off approach right. to it. You know, at the end of the Cold War, the options were, we'll pull back. You know, we've been justifying right. this for the last 45 years or 40 years uh, because of the Cold War. It's over now. Let's pull back. They were like, no, 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 no. This is when we yeah. ramp it up. Double down. Double, double, double down. Da- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like it should be easier now. Yeah. And as I've, as I've, you know, fucking gone on and on and about and people will be like, oh, fucking give it up, Riley. But for new new listeners, if there are any. Um, right. Again, I'm not portraying America as evil either, but it was just, there was a competition between economic systems. America wanted their economic system to be the only economic system and everybody on board. Yes. And of yes. course, the Soviet Union were trying to push uh, an alternative economic system, which they mm-hmm. just, which America just finished. Like before World War II, you had all of the different um, imperial trading blocks, you know, the, 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 the colonial mm-hmm. powers had, which made it very difficult for the United States to trade openly with all the countries that they wanted. They've been pushing for open door policies for, you know, 50 years before yeah. World War, particularly relating to China, as we've talked about in the Cold War show. That's where it started. Uh, they wanted to be able to trade with China and British Britain sort of had China locked down since the opium wars of the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, after World War II, they had their opportunity to do that. Britain was gone. All the colonial powers were destroyed. But right. the Soviet Union was trying to push their own economic system and America needed to crush that. And anyway, so whenever I hear extreme sounding shit being said about America's economic enemies, I can't help but wonder if there's another side to the story. And I want to remind people that it's our job as critical thinkers to take a 360 degree look at all of these issues and to be as objective as we can, not take Mm -hmm. a position on the left or the right. You don't have to be pro-America or pro-China or pro-Russia, pro-whatever. Our job is to be critical thinkers and to say, Let's have a look at the facts. And the facts are often difficult to uncover because there's so much propaganda from all sides. Right. Very hard. to, And this is one of these cases. It's very hard to sift through the propaganda from both sides and figure out what might be really going on. But there are some things that we'll we'll, we'll talk about as we go through this where you go, hmm, something something smells off, fishy about this. Right, right. And it also doesn't hurt, like you're saying, to take the chessboard and turn it the other way to try to get the other person's perspective, turn it back, whatever, because it's hard to know the truth. Like you said, there's so much fluff out there that's being passed off as truth. It's hard to know what that is. But that doesn't mean you don't try to analyze and try to figure it out for your own edification. It's our responsibility. It's our job as critical thinkers. You know, this yeah. show is all about, I mean, all of our shows, uh, this mm-hmm. to a degree, but particularly this show, it's, this, is, this is the show about critical thinking. Let's take a yeah. critical thinking approach to contemporary geopolitical issues. Right? 
I have to ask, would it be fair to say, and I, and I don't mean this as extreme as it sounds, would it be fair to say that as we do these shows, as we talk about these various governments and nations and objectives, there are, to a degree, there are no good guys. There's no one that's perfect. There's no one that's looking out for everybody. Uh, there's no, there's no Jesus-like person who makes the best decisions. Everybody's looking out for themselves. Everybody's competing with everybody. And when nations compete with each other, one of the things you do is you try to cut the other guys off of the knees with propaganda, with lies. And so we're not so much bringing down anybody. We're just trying to expose everybody to the light of truth. And it can get, it, it can be confusing. It can get emotional. It can certainly be ugly as well, but that's what you do. Cause the, yeah. the other choice is you literally just believe everything you read and then suddenly you're in a cult. Yes. And as I've pointed out recently on this show, America is two cults, the Republicans yeah. and the Democrats with a common yeah. foundation, which is the pledge of allegiance. Um, if you look at, and this is the first thing that jumped out at me when I started studying up on the Uyghur situation, is the comparison mm -hmm. between the media coverage in the West of that right. and government government rhetoric about that versus Israel's treatment of the Palestinians in Gaza. Mm. Right. Very similar situations. Um, but if you look at most of the Western media coverage and government rhetoric about Israel and Palestine, They'll say, well, yeah, it's bad, but come on, the Palestinians are trying to bomb Israel. Sure, right. their missiles suck and usually nobody gets hurt, but still, yeah. you know, they yeah. justify Israel's actions to the nth degree. You know, right. And America anything, gives them billions of dollars a year to spend on weapons, exactly. protects them in coverage. the Security Council, yes. massive, yes. you know, propaganda yeah. in the media, and you're not allowed yeah. to speak, you're not allowed to say anything about Israel or you Ooh. get called an anti-Semite, right? Yes, uh, basically you, you're a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so you, you part of that compare is, that to yeah. how the, you know, the rhetoric around China. Sorry. Oh. Right. No, I apologize. And yeah, because if you, you can't say anything against the Israelis, and if you listen to the Western press, they're practically the victims here, even though they've got a massive military, almost second to none as far as quality, they're the ones who are victims uh, of people who are throwing rocks and, and things like that. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, certainly when you compare it to the Uyghurs in northwestern China that we're going to get to, I mean, it is night and day. But to hear the Western press say it, uh, the Israelis are the victims and everything that happens to them, even though they're the ones who are counting up the bodies that they they just go. I don't, it's, it's just incredible what they're able to get away with, because America, like you said, will veto anything for them in a second. Yeah. And I know another part of the criticism I'm going to get is that I'm biased on the side of the Wiggers because I am a Wigger. Um, I knew it. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a white nigger because uh, right. I so, like to wear my cap backwards and sing, you know, NWA songs. So I've all, I'm a Wigger. They're Wiggers. I'm pretty sure that's basically what the country is. There's 11 million white guys, 50-year-old uh, white guys who like to sing rap songs from the 80s and 90s. Help, right? help me out with this. My name is Cameron, and I'm here to say, you know, and just and that just goes from there. It's a, it's a hip hop, a hibbit, a hibbit to the hip, hop. hip hop, and you don't stop. <clears throat> uh, now Sorry. I'm going to get in trouble for saying the N-word. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't do that. No, But no, you don't I have can't. our history, so. Well, you no, have a pretty bad right. history. Yeah, to the locals. It's not that bad. And not not yeah. American, not American level. <laughs> no, you know, no, you have to work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We you have the um, kind of slavery. 
Go ahead. You know, when, when, when you, you know, whenever there's coverage about Israel's treatment of the Palestinians in the Western media and government rhetoric, they forget to mention that the Jews invaded Palestine Literally. in the early 20th century Literally. with the deliberate intent, as we explored in excruciating detail, to yes. push the Palestinians out yes. violently nope. and take over the country. That's... Take the best land, push them out, don't give them jobs, only hire Jews, sneak them in against the British authorities because the British authorities set the certain numbers and the Jews said, fuck that, fuck you. We're gonna oh, before that, in. the Ottoman authorities. The sneak Ottoman, in exactly, authorities exactly. and then the British authorities, yeah. Predetermined and exploitation, yeah. Not debatable that that's what happened. No. I mean, the, the evidence is, is conclusive, yes. right? It's, it's yeah. over the top. In their own words, yeah, by their founding yes. fathers of the country. Yeah. Hey, proudly, this is what we're going to do. Wrote, that's right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. And, because, and not to be too whatever, but because of the Holocaust, and let's be honest, that, give, that gave them a certain amount of coverage where, you, you know, okay, the Holocaust, you brought up the Holocaust, you know, you can't come down on them too hard. And they used that brilliantly. Yeah. Now, they get away with that. Um, Mike Pompeo, you're uh, up until yes. recently, your sex future president. Of state. Yeah, future president, Mike yeah. Pompeo, part of the, uh, what did that, uh, what did uh, Danny call him? He's part of the uh, West Point Mafia. Yes. Called China's treatment of the Uyghurs the stain of the century. When uh, Joe Biden took office, his new Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, right. I wonder how. Nod is going. Dinkin, Blinken, and Nod. Children's story. No, anyway, there we go. The he two. was asked during his confirmation hearings whether he agreed with Pompeo's conclusion that the CCP committed genocide against the Uyghurs, and he said that would be my judgment as well. So the Biden administration is is sticking to this line of calling exactly. it a genocide. Both of them, the Trump administration and the Biden administration, love Israel, who runs a concentration camp with five million Palestinians in it, you know, a million, two million in Gaza alone. In mm -hmm. fact, Blinken's paternal grandfather, Maurice mm. Henry Blinken, was an early backer of Israel, commissioned mm. an economic feasibility study back in the early 20th century that argued that an independent Jewish state was economically viable in Palestine. And wow. I remember yeah. there was a huge amount of controversy in the media when Trump announced that the U.S. embassy was moving from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Of course, mm -hmm. Jerusalem is contested. Uh, you know, both the Jews and the Muslims and the Christians all think that they should control Jerusalem. So right. since the creation of the state of Israel, the capital has been Tel Aviv and uh, the embassies are supposed to be in Tel Aviv. A lot of controversy yeah. when Trump moved it to Jerusalem because it was breaking yeah. with 50 years, 60 years of, yeah. of US uh, policy. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, the Trump uh, the Biden administration has said they're keeping it there. They're like, yeah, actually, we yeah. agree with that. We think that was spot yeah. on. Uh, and no outrage, surprisingly, in the media about that uh, gets slipped through yeah. the cracks. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Again, they can do no wrong because they're the victims. Israeli journalist Amira Hass wrote in Haaretz in 2019, the Gaza Strip today is a concentration camp. In the Gaza Strip, which is closed off like a confined and separated camp, live some 2 million people in one of the most densely populated places in the world. 
About 70% of them are the descendants of refugees expelled from their homes. Absent freedom of movement condemned them to a life of unemployment, dreariness, poverty, disease, depression, contaminated water and soil and dependence on ever-dwindling charity. And that is even without the military bombings and incursions. The concentration camp that is Gaza has existed under even harsher conditions for almost three decades before Hamas took charge. Israel has a political goal in mind in turning Gaza into a giant concentration camp, cutting it and its inhabitants off from the rest of the Palestinians so that it will become a separate entity deprived of history, roots and belonging. Um, and Amira Hassa, I think her one of her parents, her mother, I think, uh, survived a Nazi concentration camp. Um, The Vatican also called Gaza a concentration camp back in 2009, got condemned by the US for saying that. Mm -hmm. Um, But how often do you see Gaza referred to as a concentration camp in the US media and by the US government, right? You don't. Those two... Yeah, those two words, uh, terms don't go together. And as we're going to find out probably either at the end of this or the next episode, uh, the people of Northwestern China, just like these people, they can only take so much before they realize there's not going to be any change unless they make the change. And sometimes that calls for violent reaction to oppression. So these people are just trying to survive and, and live with dignity, just like everyone else. Well, I can uh, I can um, <clears throat> support their desire to live with independence and dignity. Uh, so mm-hmm. tell me, Ray, who are the Wiggers? The Wiggers. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I didn't know a lot about them until I got the email from you, which I was really looking forward to. Because, you know, you hear stuff in the news and you're like, oh, what, they're being oppressed? That's horrible. And then you hear Muslims and then it, your brain, if you're a Western, if you're an American, your brain just shuts down and ah whatever. So the Wiggers, and I wasn't sure if it was Wiggers or Wigers. I've heard both. But it, anyway, so they're descendants of Turkish people. Uh, they're part European and they're part Central Asian, uh, part where the uh, Silk Road uh, used to run in northwestern China. Now, I thought this was interesting. So in, in northwestern China, you got Xinjiang, which is also called Eastern Turkestan. It's been known that way for, for hundreds of years. So their language can be written in Arabic, Latin, and Cyrillic alphabets, which I thought was pretty cool. But here's the rub, just like I said a couple of seconds ago, the Uyghurs are Sunni. Uh, they, they, they follow Sunni Islam. So because of that, they're not going to get any sympathy or very little sympathy in Western world because of the tension between the Western world and, and the Middle East. And I think you mentioned this earlier, there are other groups, the Kazakhs and the Kyrgyz or Kyrgyz who've also been oppressed by the Chinese government, they're Muslims as well. The problem is the Uyghurs want to be independent of China because they don't have a lot uh, connected to them uh, as far as cultural. So they want to be separate. The China wants uh, them to be a part of it, as we're going to go into later. There's a lot of things in the Northwestern Territory that are worth a lot of money to whoever controls and owns that land. And you can't help but argue that that's a big part of why the Chinese government are have certain rules and laws suppressing these people, making their lives very hard because they need to control the oil, the natural gas, the other resources, the cotton that we'll all go into. So this is not just the Communist Party saying we need purity. This is about the Benjamins or whatever the Chinese version of Benjamin. The Mao's. The Mao's. The Mao's. It's all about the Mao's, baby. Yeah. So there's a, there's a long history there. Mao Zedong uh, sent uh, troops in in 1949. 
um, to make sure that the Russians didn't take that territory. And these people have been dealing with uh, a heavy hand from Beijing for a very long time. Yeah, so there are 56 ethnic groups in China. Uh, the Uyghurs are one of those. Um, mm-hmm. You said they're de- descended from Turkish people. I think it, more properly to say descended from Turkic speaking Turkic. people. Turkic as opposed to Turkish. The Turkish mm. people That's are also Turkic. Yeah. Um, right. A larger and- group. Xinjiang, the province that the Uyghurs live in in China, is the largest province in China. It's up in the northwest, uh, borders all of the Stan countries, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Baryanstan, the latest uh, of the countries that uh, we created. Um, We're moving there when we make our billion dollars out of podcasting. Yes. Um, uh, but the, the Uyghurs are only 1% of the Chinese population. So 1% yes. controls the largest province. There's about, there's about 11 million um, yeah. uh, uh, Uyghurs in China out of a population of, you know, whatever, yeah. one point but, whatever billion. Right. Adding on to that, and we'll get into this later, the Han uh, people in that area make up about 39% of that population, but that number is rising fast because that mm. is a that is a policy or a goal of the Beijing government to ship in as many people as they can uh, to try to you know to dominate uh, that area as well. So even that's starting to be taken away from the from the locals, the natives. Pretty soon they'll they will truly be a minority in their own lands. Again, this is exactly what the Jews did in Palestine in the yeah. first half of the 20th century, late 19th, but yes. mostly. And bragged about it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. continue to do it today in the West Bank, continue to push yes. in. So very, very Just similar situation. Just be honest. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the, the Uyghurs have a, a distinct culture and history, as you said, goes way, way back. Um, first half of the 20th century, they had two short-lived independent republics there before you know Mao consolidated control over China. Um, right. But in recent years, the reason we've been hearing about it is the Chinese government have been cracking down on the Uyghurs, massive yes. surveillance, mass detentions, forced assimilation, uh, and some estimates, and we'll get into the veracity of these later, mm-hmm. but some estimates that you'll see in the media are that between one and three million Uyghurs out of a population of 11 million are being held in detention camps or concentration camps or re-education camps, right. as the Chinese yeah. government likes to position them. Right. Uh, other critics claim that Beijing has banned Uyghur parents from naming their sons Muhammad blocked their children from entering mosques, forbidden Uyghur government employees from fasting during Ramadan. Uh, The Uyghur Muslims aren't allowed to wear the hijab. Sorry. The veils. Men aren't allowed to grow abnormally long beards. Right. Uh, So why, Ray? What's all this? Why is all this happening? Well, one, as we pointed this out a billion times, the communists don't have a religion. And so if you can't, openly attack a people just because news agencies don't seem to like that kind of thing. You take apart 
the aspect, the various aspects of their religion, and you ban it, you make it illegal, you make it annoying, you you make it a crime that is punishable by you know being sent into a re-education camp. You literally try to break down their culture into nothing, so then you can rebuild them up um, to either one become like you, or two to accept being a minority in their own country. But you could say that it is the Beijing government that is. Um, scientifically just breaking down this culture to try to win over these people. Cause like we said, there's, a, there's trillions of dollars worth of natural resources in this area. And so they could just literally be trying to find any and all ways to stymie this, these, these people's growth or culture. It's cruel, but it's brilliant. How many Muslims are there in China all up on oh, not just Uyghurs, I, but all Muslims. I, I don't know. Tell me. Estimate between 60 to 80 million right are out the, of a uh, billion how many people are in china a billion just over yeah, a billion one, yeah 1.2 1. 1. 1.3 right. billion <clears throat> so the rest of the muslims aren't getting treated this way why no. would they be giving the uyghurs special treatment um, could it be, and I'm just going to like, I'm just going to go through this list. You've already mentioned some of it. Um, one third of China's natural gas is in this territory. 40% of China's oil is in this territory. 60% of China's cotton is in this territory. And it's also, and you probably know more about this than I do, that big initiative that China has about the, the one belt, belt multi-billion belt and road. Thank you. The, uh, well, the, the one belt initiative, I think, OBI, yeah. There we go. The one, the multi-billion-dollar project where they're trying to make it easier for countries to um, to trade with China, and a part of that road or process is going to go through uh, Xinjiang. So again, it's it seems to me not to be too blunt, but it seems to be all about economics. But we're talking about trillions of dollars, and I'm and I'm not sure if anybody's freedoms or cultural independence is worth a couple of trillion dollars. Hmm. Well, look, that's all that that's definitely seems to be part of it. But China says that its crackdown is necessary to prevent terrorism and root out Islamic extremism. They say we're not anti-Islam, we're not anti-Muslim, we're not anti-Uyghur, we are anti-extremism, anti-terrorism and anti-separatism. Right. So there, there is a long history of Islamic extremist terrorist activities in this region. I'm going to, I'm going to run through, I'm going to run through some of uh, these stories now, call them terrorists or call them freedom fighters uh, who want independence. You say tomato, I say tomato, but probably the other way around. You say tomato. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So in 1990, there were riots in a place called Barin, the Barin Township, led by Zadin Yusuf, or Yusuf, mm-hmm. uh, who's the leader of the East Turkestan Islamic Party, or he was, uh, which was an Islamic extremist organization founded by Uyghur jihadists. He led a protest with around 200 men. They were protesting this increasing immigration of Han Chinese into the Xinjiang area. It uh, turned violent. He was sort of influenced by the success of the Mujahideen and kicking the Soviets out of Afghanistan with mm-hmm. the help of the CIA, of course. Um, they have links, the, the East uh, Turkestan Islamic Party to Al-Qaeda. Um, right. And again, a lot like Palestinians protesting the Jews moving into their country in the 20th century yeah. and, and still today protesting the uh, occupation 
of their land yeah. by the Jews. Um, the protests turned violent, 23 dead in total, 21 injured, 232 Uyghur fighters were captured. Then mm. uh, 1997, February 25th, three bombs exploded on three buses in Xinjiang. Nine people were killed, at, including at least three children. Uh, another 28 people were injured. July 2009, in the capital of Xinjiang, a place called Urumqi, there was a series of violent riots over a series of days. Uh, mm. The first day involved at least a 1,000 Uyghurs uh, with a protest that turned into violent attacks, mainly targeting Han Chinese people. Chinese army got deployed. Um, hundreds of Han people clashed with police and Uyghurs. Um, about 200 people died, most of whom were Han Chinese. Another 1,700 people were injured. Lots of buildings and vehicles were destroyed. In 2011, there was an attack at a place called Hotan, a bomb and knife attack. Um, according to witnesses, the assailants were a group of 18 young Wigan men who opposed the local government's campaign against the burqa, which had uh, grown popular among older Hotan women, but were also used in a series of violent crimes. The men occupied the police station, killed two security guards with knives and bombs and took eight hostages, yelled religious slogans associated with jihadism, replaced the Chinese flag on top of the police station with some sort of jihadi flag. There was a firefight with the police. 14 attackers were killed, four were captured. Six of the hostages were rescued alive, but a couple were killed. There were more terrorist attacks in Xinjiang in 2014, 2015, According to a Chinese report published in 2002, between 1990 and 2001, the ETIP or the ETIM, the Islamic uh, Fundamentalist Group, had committed over 200 acts of terrorism in that period in the region, leading to hundreds of deaths and more, many, many hundreds of injuries. Um, the UN Security Council uh, listed the ETIM as a terrorist organization in 2002. Right. In a six-minute video in 2008, an ETIM uh, commander, Sefula, warned Muslims not to bring their children to the 2008 Summer Olympics in Beijing, saying, do not stay on the same bus, on the same train, on the same plane, in the same buildings, or any place the Chinese are. Wow. So yeah. <clears throat> there is undeniably a long history of Islamic terrorism in this part of China. Mm. Now... I'm all for independence movements. I'm all for people fighting oppression. Um, you know, I, I support that um, because I, I support the concept of self-determination of peoples. These are uh, very um, ethnically separate, a culturally separate race from the Chinese who just got swept up in uh, China, which is, of course, right. massive. Um so, you know, I, I support this. We call it terrorism, but really they're, they're fighting for their freedom. Um, but from the Chinese government's perspective, this is part of China. You're terrorists. Um, right. Same as Abraham Lincoln thought about the South. Uh, right. Sorry, we're one country. I don't care yeah. if you want to separate. Fuck you. Exactly. You don't yeah. get to separate. Yeah. This is my country. Right. This is America. And I'll go to war to stop you from yeah. doing it. Right, yeah. I, it so, means so much to me. And, I'm willing to kill you. Yeah, yeah. and he's yeah. beloved by Americans for doing that. Well, 
some Americans yeah. for doing that. He's in the uh, top three, baby. Sorry. <laughs> when, <laughs> uh, so starting in 2017, the Chinese government started to round up people they say were Uyghur extremists, right. you know, Islamic fundamentalists, and yeah. sent them to camps that the government calls vocational education and training centers. Now, oh. of course, there's a long history in socialist countries of doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. The thinking, you know, they did it in Cuba, they do it in Korea, they did it in Russia, um, and the the and they did it in China early on. And the thinking has always been, well, uh, yes, there's going to be a lot of people in the country when the socialists take over who don't understand socialism, don't want socialism. They've been indoctrinated right. by colonialists or, or capitalists, and uh, you know, we could kill them, sure. or Messy. We could re-educate them, right? but we can't have them committing acts of terrorism in the streets. We can't have yeah. them overthrowing the country or trying to over the overthrow the country. We can't have them aligning with foreign, you know, look what's yeah. going on in America today and what happened in the Cold War with the Red Scare and all of that kind of stuff. Exactly oh, the yeah. same, exactly the same mindset. We can't yeah. have people who don't like who who disagree with our political system that are being supported mm -hmm. by foreign governments interfering in our affairs that was the right. basis of mccarthyism and the red scare and the cia uh, the fbi's routes under hoover mm -hmm. in america it was the uh justification for roosevelt rolling up all the japanese in world war ii and putting them in concentration camps in california right. Um, you know, uh, this is this is exactly the same sort of mindset as far as I can see. Yeah, basically, you're either with us or you're against us. And if you're and you're not allowed to be against us, it's not even that you're not allowed to be against us. We'll hold you in captivity and re-educate you until you agree with me, and then we'll release you. I did want to give that a little uh, context for a second. So, like you said, I mean, the these people have had a hard time from the Jap uh, from the Chinese government since 1949. So, yeah, a couple of years are going to go by, and they're going to start fighting back because it's starting to feel helpless to them. Uh, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, but I, and I wonder if you ran across this in your research. In 1954, um, the, the uh, Beijing government sent Bing Tuan people to the northwest of China. And what it is, is these were former soldiers who were now farmers. So they were called farmer soldiers. And what it is, it's like the Roman Empire, when the Roman Empire would take a bunch of uh, soldiers who have been retired, they put them into a certain place. Okay, this is now your community. Well, it's a way to make sure you've got people who are tough, experienced fighters who are pro your government so they can keep an eye on foreigners, but they can also keep an eye on people, locals in the area to make sure that they don't step out of line. So since 1954, these people have had oppression from the government. They start fighting back. And when some of them, it only takes one, but when one of them joins Al-Qaeda or one of them joins ISIL, suddenly the Chinese government can go, whoa, they're terrorists. You should, you Americans should be able to understand that. We're just, we're just trying to suppress terrorism here. And like you said, the uh, Chinese government says, look, we're doing what we have to do to survive. There are three evils we're looking for. We're looking for separatists because they're not allowed to break away because this is our country. We're looking for terrorists because, like you said, that disrupts everyone's daily life and it disrupts the economy. And we're looking for religious extremism. And all the, they want to they grow the beard and wear this and the kids can't come out. And so we're trying to shut all this stuff down so we can have a nice, calm, peaceful 
uh, country just like everybody wants. But when you when you spin it like that, it makes it sound like the Chinese government is doing the right thing for the larger group. Whereas if you look at it from the locals point of view, they've been harassed for decades and suddenly they're fighting back and that makes them the bad guys. No, if you if you look at it more objectively, they are literally fighting for their own freedom. They just happen to be losing and they don't have a good propaganda department on their side. And I, you know, and there's a, an argument for saying the 9-11 attacks were exactly the same justification, right? We're striking back. <clears throat> yeah. 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 You know, a, a group of um <clears throat> Islamic uh, extremists, fundamentalists, freedom fighters, uh, yeah. mostly coming out of Saudi Arabia, funded by Saudi Arabia, yes. um, attacked the United States uh, to try and, you know, create political change to get America to stop oppressing uh, yeah. Muslim people in Palestine by supporting Israel and, uh, you know, interfering in the affairs of his uh, Muslim people uh, in Iran and around the world. Yeah. Um, although Saudi Arabia yeah. terrorists or Sunnis probably don't give a fuck about Iran because they're Shia, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> so, um, right. you know, uh, yes, yeah, but it, that's the thing, right? So the, the, the hypocrisy here is the way that we position the Al-Qaeda attacks in 9-11 if in fact they were Al Qaeda attacks, which is still debatable, um, versus the uh, these you know these people fighting back, we justify these people. Oh well, they're being oppressed. Of course, they need to fight back. But these people, yeah. well, they, they they you know hate us because of our freedoms, right? It's right. The, the the hypocrisy in the dialogue and the rhetoric and the propaganda is the thing that irks me. Yeah. Um, standard. <clears throat> Yeah. Now, some former detainees or people who claim to be former detainees in these camps claim that uh, people are subjected to torture and sexual abuse. People are killed. Um, sterilizations. Sterilizations, forced. Supposedly. Yes. Yeah. But China says uh, since the measures have been taken, there's no single terrorist incident in the past three years. This is a few years old. Yeah. Xinjiang again turns into a prosperous, beautiful, and peaceful region, according to the Chinese government. The preventative measures have nothing to do with the eradication of religious groups. Religious freedom is fully respected in Xinjiang. Now, about a year ago, I had John Pabon uh, come on the show without you. Mm -hmm. um, right. He's an American business strategy guy who lived in uh, Shanghai for 10 years, now lives in Melbourne. <clears throat> and we'd done our series on China and he invited himself on to give his perspective. Let me, right. um, I'm going to bring up uh, his, uh, oh, can I do that on Zoom? I don't know if I can do that into Zoom. Let me see yeah. if I can play this clip. Well, um, while you're looking for that, you were talking about the government bragging about not having any trouble for a while. Well, I guess that, ha that, ha that could happen when you lock up at least a million people of the supposed more <clears throat> independent thinkers or people who are willing to fight for their freedom. So again, you lock away a million people. Yeah, the streets are going to be a little more quiet. Do you want me to rap or dance while you're, I, I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> 
Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes, but I can't hear anything else. Tell me if you can hear this. Oh, really? Why, why is that? He said, well, look what they're doing with the Uyghurs. They're putting all the Uyghurs in camps, mm. millions of Uyghurs in camps. Like, okay. Um, but the United States has the highest incarceration per capita uh, on the planet, as far as I know. Why? Why? Well, no, it's it's the Uyghurs we got to worry about. Tell me about tell me about China's position on the Uyghurs and what you think about how they're why they are dealing with that in the way that they're dealing with it. Yeah. So if you, uh, if I you actually, care to. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the out. Uh, so uh, a few years ago, I actually had the opportunity to uh, do a bit of a vacation through uh, Xinjiang, which is where the Uyghurs are from. Uh, and that was before everything, the, the shit hit the fan. Um, so I was sort of there as they were starting to close up, allowing foreign tourists to go. I, I still even had to have a Chinese escort with me. So um, I, I was kind of there during that time. And you know, you see these pictures of the, the quote unquote camps, whatever you want to term them, the camps, the education, you know, facilities, whatever they are. Um, and, and you just, you, they look horrific, but if you're on the ground, you know, and walking through a place like Kashgar, everybody is happy. Everybody is going about their lives. Yeah. It, it might be manufactured happiness. Sure. But you know, people, they're just going about their lives as if uh, nothing is happening. They, they know that these camps exist and uh, you know, what the, what the government is doing, but uh, you know, life goes on. So that sounds kind of harsh actually, but my position, I guess on the camps is, and I know a lot of people are not going to like hearing this. The camps are meant to do re-education in the hopes of preventing terrorism and separatism. Right. So if you look at Xinjiang, uh, a lot of folks in Xinjiang are trying to create their own country, East Turkmenistan, I think is the name of it. And China doesn't like that because it goes against the idea of the central nature of the party and this idea of Chinese being unified. You have the same issues with Taiwan, Hong Kong, and Macau, uh, and a lot of little islands in the South China Sea. So they want a unified China. So the idea that a part of the country would break away and create their own nation, is uh, that's a no-go area. So these, these camps are certainly uh, to counter terrorism and to uh, counter separatism. Now, in the sense of terrorism, you know, China doesn't have terrorist attacks. They might have somebody, you know, get disgruntled and go into a kindergarten with, a, a, you know, a meat cleaver once in a while. But, you know, they certainly don't have planes flying into buildings. And I would question why in the West we haven't done more. You know, if this continues to rear its ugly head, if we're still fighting against, you know, you know terrorism in all its ugly forms, uh, maybe China's got it right. <laughs> And that's not a very PC thing to say, but, you know, what, I don't know what they're doing in the camps, but, uh, you know, the knock-on effect is they certainly don't have to worry about people blowing themselves up in the street. Mm. And the, the people that... Yeah. Of course, uh, America's terrorism problem today is mostly to do with American terrorists, but uh, <laughs> like domestic yeah. homegrown terrorism, according yeah. to the FBI, that's the problem. You know, you know, in the West, we we hear them. You know, it's it's said that they're committing cultural genocide against the Uyghurs. They're not killing them. It's not you know right. straight up homicidal genocide. It's a new kind of genocide. Yeah. People say it's it's cultural oh. genocide. They're trying to wipe them out. But again, right. there's 11 million Uyghurs in Xinjiang, and only a yeah. million. Some numbers say three million. Even the million number is is dubious. Um, right. China say it's thousands. Um, 
you know, if, if they wanted to wipe out this population or, or oppress them culturally, why wouldn't they be doing it to all 11 million of them? Maybe right. they can't build enough camps. <laughs> yeah. but, but this is China. They can build a hospital in yeah. a day fight COVID. They can build some camps. So, right. <clears throat> and again, there are 60 to 80 million Muslims in China. So in the West, this gets portrayed as, well, they're just, they, they, like you said before, they just hate religion. So they're wiping out. No, it's, that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. It's, they're targeting right. a percentage. I mean, a million right. people is a lot of fucking people, but it's 10%, small percent. Yeah. Of 10% of yeah. the Muslim population. Right. Um, Right. It's uh, it's very, very surgical and specific. It doesn't justify it, but I'm saying paint it as, well, they hate religion. And so they're trying to and they hate Muslims. And so they're trying to wipe it out. It doesn't make sense because they're only doing it to this small. So, you know, does the Chinese story and the story that John positioned there a year ago make sense? Mm -hmm. They have Islamic Islamic extremism, terrorist events that have been going on for decades in this region, led by yeah. Islamic fund. I mean, America had one Islamic terrorist event happen in its country, and you lost your goddamn fucking minds. You <laughs> invaded you yes. invaded countries that had nothing yes. to do with it on the basis the that we had one yeah. attack and one is one too many, right? That's right. China we had like military. Yes. China had yeah. 30. Right. And they didn't go and invade countries. Yeah. They took their own country and they said, we're going to find the extremists and we're going to do something about them. Again, not saying that's good or bad, but, uh, you know, look at the comparison between the approaches. Well, uh, again, to borrow from some movie that you could easily argue that the Chinese are using a scalpel as whereas Americans use a broadsword to deal with our problem. So when you, but here, but let me give the American perspective. When you say, People in China, Muslim, it doesn't matter that they're, that they're not Christians, their Muslims are having their religion oppressed. Americans generally get worked up over that. Don't tell me that I can or whatever believe or God. So we get a little worked up. And then if Americans spend 30 seconds on uh, YouTube and they find out that the people in this I don't know if it's a province or a region or whatever, because I just don't know China that well. Um, you have to carry around an ID card, you know, like show me your papers from Germany. Well, the Americans get worked up. And then when you, if American hears, you have to show this ID card at security checkpoints, gas stations, and other places like that, just to be able to make a purchase or whatever. Well, Americans really get worked up. But the point I think you're trying to make is, I think the Chinese government is to apply, is trying to apply just enough pressure in various ways to try to fix this problem versus throwing, like you just said, they could, why aren't are all 11 million people forced to go to classes? Why, why aren't they all in these various camps or prisons or whatever? So it sounds like the uh, Chinese people are, the Chinese government is trying to do just enough to fix the problem without going in there and smashing it, which is pretty much the American way to do things. Um, uh, Another thing that gets Americans worked up is a lot of these re-education camps within the same uh, walled uh, territory, because it's all walled off, has um, cotton production factories in there. Well, the Chinese government says, well, those people are in there for weeks, months, whatever, and it costs a lot of money. But if we can get them to at least work while they're there, they're helping pay for it versus we see that as a form of slavery. Oh, you're making them work against their will in the cotton factory, whatever, which brings up 
a lot of things in the American psyche is going back to the pre-Civil War days. And so there's a lot of triggers for Americans. It's just that we don't care very much because there's Muslims. But again, it sounds like the Chinese government is trying to apply a scalpel versus a broadsword. <laughs> Americans get worked up over being asked to wear a mask to prevent That's people right. from dying. Don't you tell me! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Americans are like, oh, slave labor in Chinese factories. That's terrible. Now, let me get my iPhone. Uh, it costs too damn much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was made by workers in Chinese factories that are effectively slave labor. Yeah. Oh, what's what's that line from that song, Flight of the Concords? If if my sneakers are being made by uh, little children, why do my sneakers still cost so much? Something like that. Anyway, it's offensive, but it's true and it's and it's funny. Anyway. Mm. Now, other allegations, as you mentioned before, uh, include forced sterilization and contraception. Mm. Um, although I've also read that the Chinese government are offering cash incentives to the Uyghur people to get sterilized. So right. is it forced you don't hear or about is it bought? <laughs> right, right. It, see, I didn't hear about that as much. I, I watched several BBC news things about the sterilizations. Not once, I must have missed something, was money in, in mentioned. It just made it sound like they were holding these people down on the table and doing whatever you got to mm -hmm. do. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's within the realm of possibility for the government to want more Han people than the Uyghurs in there because it would make their lives a lot easier. And maybe this is one way of doing it. But again, versus uh, giving them money versus forcing it on them is something that you don't hear in the news because it's not as dramatic. And of course, China had a one-child policy for, for decades. Yes. I mean, trying yes. to limit population growth is not a new idea in China because they have a massive right. population and economically they were suffering for a long time. Yeah. But Chinese government statistics show that from 2015 to 2018, birth rates in the mostly Uyghur areas of Hotan and Kashgar plunged mm -hmm. by more than 60%. In the same period, the birth rate across the whole country decreased by 9%. Right. And the Chinese authorities acknowledge that birth rates dropped in this period, but say it's not through forced sterilization and genocide. It's, it's you know, they're, uh, right. well, no, they're not saying they yeah. just don't like to fuck. Uh, yeah. I think they're paying them incentives for sterilization. Right. Yes, we don't, we don't want this population to continue to grow. Um, you know, because it's uh, it led to a lot of extremism, probably. Um, and, you know, maybe they have more realpolitik uh, economic reasons because of the Belt and Road Initiative, as you mentioned before. But here's the thing I want to look at, the sources for a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Now, you read a lot of the stuff in the media about the numbers of people uh, in the camps and forced sterilizations and torture and rape and all this kind of stuff. Right. But when you try and figure out the, the sources, it becomes, mm -hmm. it becomes a little bit murky. Yes. Um, now, most of the claims that they had a million Uyghurs in camps came originally from a guy called Dr. Adrian Zenz. Did you mm -hmm. read about Zenz? I think I... Uh, to be honest, I watched a lot of videos and read articles. I remember many doctors, many professionals, many people that lived there. I don't specifically remember that name. Hmm. Zenz comes up in a whole bunch of articles. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they will quote him as a researcher. Researcher right. Dr. Adrian Zenz says, now who is Dr. Adrian Zenz? Well, he's a German born-again Christian who is a senior fellow in China studies at the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. That sounds objective. Yeah. Um, who wrote a book uh, about 10, 11 years ago called Worthy to Escape, Why All Believers Will Not Be Raptured Before the Tribulation, Sorry. In which he said uh, during the uh, rapture, you know, not all Christians will go up, only the really, really hardcore Christians who right. fight for Jesus will go up. Right. In the book, he also stated that he is led by God to punish the atheist Chinese for their treatment of the Uyghurs. Uh, he actively connected homosexuality, gender equality, and bans on corporal punishment to the power of Antichrist. I'm done. Uh, um, here's a quote from his book that you might like, actually. True scriptural right. spanking is loving discipline. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. He neither yeah. reads nor speaks Mandarin, has, uh, I think, been to Xinjiang. Well, no, been to China once. Never been to Xinjiang. He's been to China once on a tourist visa. To a prostitute. But he's the guy right. who's the go-to expert on... Right. Uh, yeah. Uyghur imprisonment in Xinjiang for Western media. He's an absolute fucking nutter. <laughs> Wrote a book on nutter. the rapture. Absolute fucking right. nutcase. Just... Yeah, but he's yeah. the guy. And and all the media articles that I read, well, like mainstream yeah. Western media, quoting right. him, never point out that he's a fucking nutter. Right. Maybe he could use the Jewish space laser. Uh, to punish the Chinese government, but I might be overstepping myself. I don't want to tell God and Jesus what to do. Confusing (laughs) your Christian Crossing my streams. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway. So he's, I mean, he's the go-to guy on this, and and where his million number came from, nobody knows. Um, Now, then there are these... Now, yeah. There's a number of, of people that have come forward, claimed to be former detainees of the camps and said they were tortured and, you know, raped and right. they saw people executed and this kind of stuff. And um, mm-hmm. I only had time to drill into one of these people last night. I just picked one at random. Yeah. There's a woman called uh, Mirigul Tursun. Mm-hmm. She uh, claims to have been tortured in a camp, sexually abused, and one of her sons died uh, in China while she was in a camp. Now, she was raised in China. She's a Uyghur, moved to Egypt to study English at a university, met her husband over there as Egyptian. They had triplets. In 2015, she went back to China to spend time with her family and claimed she was immediately detained and separated from her infant children. She says she was released three months later. One of the triplets had died. The other two had developed health problems. Um, And she's been in the U.S. testifying, I think, in front of U.S. Congress and speaking in front of the media, et cetera, about all of this. Mm -hmm. But how did she end up in the U.S. (laughs) testifying to Congress and being the darling of the U.S. media on this? It's very hard. Like the, the first question that comes into my mind is, how did she end up in the U.S.? Uh, you yeah. know, who 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 bought a ticket? 
not only did she end up there, she lives in Virginia now. Oh, I should go pay her a visit. Got a nice house, got a car. Yeah. Yeah. And she's even had a cool comic made about her story, a graphic novel made about her story. Uh, Who paid for that? Who who funded that? Um, Now, China, of course, tells a different story. Um, They say what she says is a total deliberate lie. Mm Mm-hmm. In their version of events, in April 2017, she was detained by police under accusation of inciting hatred and discrimination among ethnic minority groups, was detained for 20 days and released. Mm. Um, After she was released, no, she said it was released after she was discovered that she was infected with a contagious disease. Oh, my God. Don't know what that. You can't just write this stuff. Woo. Um, sorry now Chinese government says she was entirely free in her time in China apart from her 20 day detention Um, and they say that their records say she made 11 trips outside of China between 2010 and 2017 she said she didn't go back there till 2015 Um, Mm. to countries including or maybe she was there was before she she met her husband in Egypt I don't know she went to Egypt the UAE and Turkey um, she was never arrested in Urumqi, never went to jail, uh, never sent to any uh, one of the re-education camps. Now, my initial reaction reading this is to believe her story and think the Chinese version of it is just spin doctoring. But then I right. realised if the Chinese government were going to sp- lie about her, why yeah. would you admit that she had been detained at all? Why not just say... Right. Never heard of her. Don't know what she's talking about. Completely making yeah. it up, you know, um, yeah. just complete bullshit. Uh, you know, maybe they would fabricate the story of her being detained for inciting hatred to make, to try and discredit her, ruin her mm-hmm. credibility, paint her or something. But yeah. the easier thing would be just to go, no, nah, complete lie. Yeah. Never heard of her. Prove it. You know, never happened. That, you know, in my mind, that would be the easiest path to take rather than try and fabricate. And they've provided documentation, which, again, is either real or fabricated, which shows her arrest record, what she was charged with. She was when she was released, when she returned to Egypt, she returned with all three kids in perfect health. She claims one of them was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other records, right. like a family member says, no, there's a photo of the son. He's alive and well in Egypt, like his grandmother who lives right. in China. And maybe that person is being manipulated by the Chinese government. It's hard to unpick, but here's the thing. We must never forget the Nyaria, Nyaria testimony. Mm-hmm. Remember, we've talked about this before. For people who don't remember or haven't heard of this before, back in... October 10th, 1990, my 20th birthday. Um, David Lee Roth's uh, 35th birthday, if, you pay, if, you, if you're tracking. Um, a 15-year-old girl, Kuwaiti girl, stood up in front of US Congress. Um, was, no, was called Nairia, no, Nayara, Nayara, Nayara. Gave testimony that uh, Iraqi troops in Kuwait were throwing babies out of windows of hospitals because they wanted to take right. the humidity cribs back to Iraq. 
Everyone was horrified. George H.W. Bush used it as his rationale to invade Kuwait. Uh, sorry, invade Iraq um, uh, and Kuwait, uh, I guess, to kick the Iraqis out. Deliberate, yeah. Uh, the Gulf War won. And the media ran with this story uh, and took it as fact. Right. No one, <laughs> the US media never Class said, examined. Yeah. Who is this? who is this girl? How did she yeah. end up? testifying in front of you is like, what was the chain of events that <laughs> yeah. led to her for going from QA to, to testifying? Me. Yeah. We're like, no, no, nothing. No, no, yeah. Yeah. no questions. And this is the same with this chick, uh, yeah. you know, um, who's like, got a better no, life than I do. Yeah. yeah. The journalists yeah. aren't going, how did she end up here? Mm. It's just, like, that would be the first the question. scratcher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, things how did that, that happen? Like, yeah. I'm I'm no longer an award-winning journalist, Ray, as you know. But, but when you were, but the the first thing that yeah. pops into my head when I see these people is like, well, what's your credibility? Right. How did you end up here? How do I know that you're telling me the truth? Uh, who's paying you? What's your agenda? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Qui bono? Qui bono? There we uh, go. She qui bonoed but- all over the place. Sorry, go ahead. Now, yeah. Naira, uh, we right. didn't find out for years later that uh, she was actually the daughter of the Kuwaiti ambassador to the United States, uh, right. Saud Al Sabah. Her name was Naira Al Sabah, um, and that her testimony was organised as part of a public relations campaign for something called the Citizens for a Free Kuwait, which was run by the American public relations firm Hill and Knowlton, who were being paid millions of dollars by the Kuwaiti government. Right. And the story was completely fabricated. The story was complete bullshit. Didn't find out until years later, after the American invasion of Kuwait, that was in large part morally and ethically justified uh, by her testimony. So when I yeah. see similar things happening again, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have to go. Yeah, okay, maybe this is true, but why should I believe yeah. you? And why right. is the media believing your testimony without asking yeah. hard questions? Exactly. Yeah, another way to ask that is why should I, without doing any due diligence, just accept as fact everything you just said and deny the Chinese government? I mean. At the very least, there should be some partial examination. If I can just give another quick example, I recently did an episode about the, the, the expression, and we all have heard it, loose lips sink ships. Well, it turns out that that was made up by, uh, think, of a, think of it as a military ad agency, right? When uh, after Pearl Harbor, the, they made it up for the American government. It wasn't true, but it sounded good. It was snappy. It's an alliteration. And what it is, is they were pushing that narrative because they were trying to keep the merchant marine in line who were bitching about losing so many people and getting paid shit. But the point is, even something like loose lips sink ships that we all know for a fact is true was made up right after Pearl Harbor. And it, but it stuck, it sticks in your head and you just know it as a fact from now on. So stuff like this always has to be checked and verified. And like you said, most of the time it's not because the story is so horrific that you just take it as, as gospel. So the, these sailors were like, no, like stupid fucking ideas sink ships. 
Right. Uh, well, see, leaving yeah. our navy sitting in Hawaii undefended, basically begging the Japanese to bomb us sink ships. Right. And they were like, fuck you, don't criticize us, uh, loose lips yeah. sink ships. Yeah, and not only that, but basically what the Merchant Marine kept trying to tell the, the, uh, the Navy officials, they were like, look, I don't have to go out and tell my where I'm going to my girlfriend who can then tell a spy because she's stripping him. And then, and then it could be radioed to a German sub sitting off the East coast. The point is the German subs knew where all the ships were going. Cause if you go from anywhere to New York, all you got to do is sit off the coast of New York or coast of North Carolina and dozens of ships will go by and hundreds were sunk within the first couple of months. But the point is it sounded good. The military used it to beat the civilians over the head. And that's why things like that are done because it serves some larger purpose. Mm. Well, getting back so, to serving a larger purpose, yeah. like yeah. We, we, we talked about Childers, uh, China's Belt and Road Initiative, BRI. Um, yeah. And, you know, the importance of the Xinjiang region, both in terms of its natural resources, uh, but also as a transport hub to Asia. Um, yes. as, as China continues to, to um, build out its Belt and Road Initiative. Um, and China, yes, like we saw with COVID, their approach to COVID a year ago, which got criticised yeah. around the West for their heavy-handedness of the way that they were implementing um, draconian measures of lockdowns and forced right. masks and forced quarantine which yeah. the rest of the world then followed very quickly in their footsteps to varying degrees of success. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. We criticised the Chinese for doing it. Oh, look at the crazy communists. And then we went, oh, yeah, shit. Lock people down. Yeah. <laughs> Lockdown. Oh, yeah. And of course, yeah. in retrospect, their approach was incredibly successful. Um, yeah. Despite, you know, I remember when we were talking about it on the show a year ago, uh, some of the China critics who listen to our show were saying, oh, China's lying about it. They're not really revealing the yeah. numbers. And there was a lot of stuff coming out about, it. oh, it's still rampant in Wuhan. They're lying about it. But no evidence has ever come out to back that up. Right. Uh, they're yeah. secretly burying millions of dead bodies. And no evidence ever came out. And that's, yeah. that story disappeared very quickly as the West's own problems manifested. Um, and they've had a couple of breakouts since then, and they seem to have been transparent about it, more breakouts that they've had to shut down. But yeah, but, but China does take a very different approach. They have a, this, this concept of social management. Um, it's like you don't give people complete freedom to just do whatever the fuck they want. No, we've got a vision. You've got to follow our vision. Don't yeah. buck the fucking trend. We're trying to build something right. here. And it's as I've said everybody. before, it works. Yeah. Look, again, and this gets back to Stalin's um, uh, thinking as well, I think. Uh, look, we've got a lot of people in this country. A lot of them are starving. We need to do some shit. We need to do it quickly. We don't have time for you to fucking argue. Get in line yeah. or get out of the way. And right. China's pulled its country out of poverty in the last 40 years as a result of that. From abject fucking poverty, probably one more. of the worst poverty... poverty yes per capita uh, uh, on the planet 50 years ago yeah. to number one or number two ec economy in the world today, yeah. because this, because they, their thing works. You may not like yeah. it. It may be heavy handed, but results. it works. It gets yeah. results. Yeah. And, and so exactly. they did the same thing with COVID. Sorry, fucking no, shut that shit down right now. And it sure. worked. They do it with yeah. this. Now, would I like to be on the, the, 
end of a stick like this. I mean, if 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 China took over Australia and I was criticising, I know I'd end up in one of these camps. Don't get me wrong, in a heartbeat. I'm surprised yeah. I'm not in a camp like that now, quite honestly. If Winifred had her way, I would be in one of these camps. But that's, but you know, so I get it. I, I, you know, I'm a loud mouth, fucking annoying piece of shit. A lot of governments, uh, Chinese government would, would probably hate me if I was Chinese, yeah. if I lived there. Um, but on the flip side, uh, you know, what they do works. Uh, you yeah, like it, don't day, like it, it works. Right. At the end of the day, you can't uh, you can't uh, argue with results, but you can lie about it and try and hide it. And that's what the Western press does. And of course, we'll probably go into this on the next episode. But why aren't all these um, uh, Muslim countries screaming at the top of their lungs if what China is doing in the Northwest is actually true? But again, it comes down to uh, to Benjamin's, uh, because I think that one belt project is going to affect 60 countries. And those countries are getting millions of dollars in loans from China to improve their infrastructure to help China. So as long as you keep your mouth shut, you get the money and people can have their pride and they can have their cultural identity. But at the end of the day, money talks and bullshit walks yeah look i've got another n- enough notes to do another hour on this and this has been an yeah. hour and a half so i think let's uh wrap this yeah. one up and we'll we'll finish it uh looking at some of the other issues next week all right sounds good <laughs> um